And now, here's our Monday feature, South Bend Stories, where we hear from area residents about the people, places, and events that have made this city what it is today. South Bend Stories is produced at the Salvation Army Croc Center Recording Studios and is a joint project with WVPE, along with SB 150, a celebration of the 150th anniversary of the city of South Bend, the Tire Rack, and the Community Foundation of St. Joseph County, in partnership with the Salvation Army Croc Center. Today on South Bend Stories, we'll hear Roger Parent and Rich Hill as they speak about their efforts to build a stadium and bring a professional baseball team to South Bend. Early in my second term, a guy named Charles Minkler approached me to talk about baseball. And so I knew him well, and and I said, well, come on over. We sat down, and he said that he wanted me to take on the project of building a stadium for professional baseball in South Bend, Indiana. He knew some people, Robert and Debbie Staley and John Wendell. He wanted me to meet with them, and so I said, well, okay, Charles. So we met, and there started this conversation about building a baseball stadium. And Rich, I'm wondering what your memory is of all this. I remember that um, one of the reactions was, uh, oh my gosh, what is Roger getting the city into? Did you think uh, I was going crazy? Uh, well, we, we, <laughs> we questioned it a bit. And I think sometimes we forget what that part of the downtown was like. It was really a very, very bad area. There was really an abandoned park area there and nothing good was happening there in terms of crime. But the concept of what minor league baseball could do to a community really was unknown. It was very clear as we got into the nuts and bolts of how do you finance this thing that there was not an appreciation in the community for it. And that led to the lease purchase process after numerous local hearings and only with the support of the Lieutenant Governor, John Mutz, who had to overrule the State Board of Tax Commissioners for the stadium financing to go ahead. And the approval of the state wasn't easy to get, but it was obtained. I I think that sometimes people forget that mayors or governors or whomever have very little time to make decisions. And if you're going to take advantage of it, you have to move quickly. because the the franchise owners were looking at other communities, we might have lost it. The Kovaleski was a stadium that almost never was. Just within hours of getting the final approval, you got a phone call from the then owners of the franchise indicating that they were going to sell the franchise. I was really upset, and you told me the, the new owners wanted to talk with me, and I said, I'm not talking to anybody about it. Turned out it was a great negotiating strategy, don't you think? It was a wonderful strategy. It was uh, a little bit scary because we had the plans going on. Nothing was going to stop. But in essence, we did not have a a team. And I recall making some visits to New York to talk to the owners, which was sort of off the record, focused on, well, what would it take to begin negotiation? What would the mayor's terms be? Uh, It led to a lease arrangement that was unprecedented in minor league baseball, a complete comprehensive revenue sharing concept in which the city would participate in every ticket sold, every hot dog sold, every advertising dollar that was produced. You know that Dick Nussbaum, who's now president of the Midwest League, told me that he could see elements of this lease in almost every other minor league team. It's sort of interesting. I read somewhere that in the first year of operation, the New York owners made a profit of $400,000. 
Some people said, oh my goodness, why would you want to put that stadium downtown? Nobody wants to go downtown. It's not safe. If you talk to people that have been in the downtown area, they attribute the vibrancy of downtown today to Kovaleski Stadium because it was the first facility that would attract people after hours and during evening. We forgot one thing, Rich, which is the ethanol plant. I had these meetings with these attorneys from Washington, D.C., and they were going to build an ethanol plant somewhere. John Bradamus was congressman then. Burst by. I was senator. And they, they were going to spend like $400 million. And they selected South Bend primarily because of, um, of Birch Buy and, uh, and John Bradamus. And it was very complex because you had these federal agencies and you had uh, urban development action grant money, etc. The Department of Energy took the position that the money that the city was going to loan to the project wasn't consistent with the requirements of the Department of Energy grant and loan guarantee. And it seemed like the project was dead in the water. And we finally came up with the idea of let's make the city an investor. And the project was to go forward. And it meant numerous jobs at the time. It was an example of some creative economic development. We were known to be at the cutting edge of a lot of stuff here in South Bend, and that, that was very rewarding. We, we didn't do it because we wanted to be at the cutting edge of anything. We were just doing it because we thought it had to be done. You know, we can spend our time reorganizing the files here and feeling that, you know, our office really looks great, or we can really focus on those things that are going to make lasting change in the community. That was Roger Parent and Rich Hill speaking about their efforts to build a stadium and bring a professional baseball team to South Bend. South Bend Stories is heard every Monday morning at 7.45 a.m. during Morning Edition, and again at a little past 12.30 p.m. on Here and Now. If you'd like to share your South Bend story, visit the website mycrock.org.